My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head Get it out of my head Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer is my husband, Pat Francis. Hello, Pat. Hi, honey. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. It's the night before Easter. And all through the house, we have uh, we, we have an eight, bunny cakes. An eight-year-old who wants candy nonstop. Yes, and we and we also did a Passover seder. Yep. So happy Easter over everybody. Yep. We just do it all. Jews Bring love food. Easter. Jews do love the. We. Lo- I am a, a, a Easter-loving Jew. I figured out why. Why? Because Jesus rises and then we kill him again. Would you stop? What? That's not that why. Is, oh my God. Is that going to be the part we edit? Yes. I doubt. Pat, you need <laughs> to start right up front. I'm a Catholic. So I'm you are fine. S- this is true. Um, and and together almost, we cancel each other out. I almost forgot to be here. I know. I, I know. I, I texted you like, remember? Hey, don't forget. I was like, oh, I did forget. <laughs> and uh, we have a we have a wonderful guest, Ryan Buds. Hello, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, guys? And this is your second time being on, Ryan. It's my second time. Yes. I'm excited about it. Yeah. It's a long time in the making. And the last time you were on, <laughs> it was also Pat as the producer. Yeah, that's right. Right. I, and we had a, another a, another guest was with you, right? Murray was, Valerian. Mur- yeah. That's right. Yeah. We were talking who, about stand-up. Yeah, who you recommended I become friends with, and I have become friends with. Murray. Oh, I take it back. <laughs> I, I really do. About I, I've also think, become friends with I think Murray. we should all break up with Murray now. <laughs> oh, that's not <laughs> He listens to this so, podcast. What? What? Murray? I'm sorry. There's a road story for you, Murray. <laughs> it's over. Um, so, so, all right. So, when you were on the podcast last, Ryan, you just yes. come in from Chicago. Stand I think up I was, com- yeah, I think I was here like a month. It was yeah. pretty early on. And uh, you'd already hit the ground running. You are out here to break into the business, to be a writer, also to be a director? Uh, no, more a writer. Okay. I would totally direct something, but um, would have to learn a lot more first. And, and take it from me, very, very talented writer. Oh, thanks. And you came in and you were like, I, I don't know, you just, there was no break. You did <laughs> You did so many things. Yeah. So we thought that we'd spend this podcast sure. talking about your first six months in LA. Very cool. Because all the jobs you did, all the shows you were on, I think that it'll be a great lesson for people who are thinking about coming out to LA, all the options that they could possibly yeah. have. Yeah, very cool. I, I, I'm uh, excited to to tell about my first six months. I think a lot of cool things have happened to me, a lot of learning experiences, um, a lot of just trying stuff out. And uh, I hope that sharing that stuff would, would inspire some people to make the leap. So... Hit, hit us. What'd you do first? Um, when I first moved out here, um, I had to find a place. My wife and I, my wife had a job set up, so I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been doing stand-up full-time uh, for years, and uh, and I just dived into that and just did open mics and met comedians and set up shows and, and all the stuff that uh, somebody would do in a new city. 
And it was kind of discouraging at first because um, I was used to kind of making money in yeah, the Midwest. Yeah, making money yeah, as and, a stand-up and, comedy. And touring, where you not, do a service and people pay you for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Right, and not right, a ton right. of money, but enough mm-hmm. to be like, okay, I can do this and this alone. Um, but out here, it's there's so many comedians and so many clubs and, and so many opportunities that it's hard to stand out right away. Um, so my, my first plan was to... Um, network and meet some people um, in the industry, which is why people move out to the West Coast, I think. And uh, I hit some comedian friends up who had some great opportunities. Uh, My first friend that I hit up that led to something was my buddy Ricky Carmona, who works as a production assistant on Tosh.0. And uh, and he got that job through TJ Miller, I believe. Oh, um, who was on the podcast. Yeah, and a great episode, by the way. That was really good. Um, I don't know TJ personally, but I know Ricky. And um, I said, hey, do they ever need another guy on Tosh? And he said, not usually, but I'll I'll see what I can do. And lo and behold, like, you know, you forget about even asking somebody about that. And then two weeks later, hey, we need a third guy. Come on in. So that turned into like um, three episodes of work. I think I worked on two or three episodes. And now if I can interject, um, the first thing you did right was that you asked someone. You can't be afraid to ask because the only answer you're going to get is no or I don't think so. Mm -hmm. But I mean, nothing bad will happen to you by asking. You should be afraid to nag. You should be afraid to demand. But asking... Yeah. Right. What do you got to lose? Sure. And think about it. Like when you're at a bar and you're going to go hit on a nice lady, you do the same thing and you have to have that humility That's right. ready to go. That's how Pat go. met me. And now yeah. look at, oh, and now you don't know where your kids Pat. are. You have yeah. no idea. We have no idea where our <laughs> we don't kids have, are. We don't, have, right we don't know where our oldest <laughs> child is right now. Pat, where did you say the, uh, you said the, the, well, the eight and a half year old is playing uh, dodgeball in the middle of the 405. Right. Oh, right. So she's, <laughs> but she's really good. Yeah. So I'm not even so worried. She can take out like three cars at a time. It's pretty good actually. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so, 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 so Ryan's going to finish. <laughs> that's so, our podcast. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep. So, so Ryan, back to Ryan. <laughs> and that's six months. <laughs> yep. That's just come and out now, and what did you start do? What did you do on Touch.0? I, um, as a production assistant, you don't, you know, people always told me, oh, do some PA work when you get out here. And you're like, what's that? And they're like, just do it. You know, right. it's just pretty much everything. You do errands, you run around, you... Um, pick up stuff. Hey, we need a thing that shoots tennis balls. Go find that. And you're like, what? And you just have to figure it out. And uh, a lot of moving stuff, more physical labor than I've probably done in most (laughs) of my life, which was good though, because doing stuff like that makes you appreciate going to work. You know what I mean? Because I sat in an office where I just sat behind a desk for four years in Chicago and was like, what am I doing? I wake up every day. I would take different routes to work to just make the day that different, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I'm just not a guy that can do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, so when somebody goes, hey, I need you to do this and then come back and then we need you to go there and pick that up, it gets my brain going and gets me thinking and, and it just makes me enthusiastic about what I'm, what I'm doing. So I don't really mind doing PA work. I wouldn't want to do it forever. Obviously, right. you know, you pick up a garbage bag that drips one too many times and you're like, damn it. But <laughs> also as a, a, as a, an aspiring writer, um, doing PA work too, you, you'll, you'll, there'll be lots of stories. Sure. Oh my God. Yeah. I was, I feel uh, like I could write a screenplay about a, a, a production assistant right now. Sure. You know I mean? um, and, and, uh, when I first moved out here, I did PA work too. Yeah. I was older than you and I was doing people. I'm not much though older than you now sure. that I think about it. I'm 45. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, I'm much older than you now. Ryan but at is the time. not 45. <laughs> but like one day I was working on something called, uh, ladies home journals, most fascinating women of whatever, 1997. And the uh, the host was Mary Hart, and she was getting her makeup on, yeah. and she was in a director's chair that, that seemed a little wobbly to people. <laughs> so they asked me to go over and stand behind her and hold her chair. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> and that's what I did. And she was like, hey, what? Are, excuse me, sweetie, what are you doing? I go, well, they asked me to hold the chair because they're afraid that it's a little wobbly. And she's like, okay, well, thank you very much. <laughs> and so I just stood there while she got her uh, her makeup on. 
So if you come to LA, yeah. you could have one of these jobs too. Yes. I also got a triple espresso for Gregory Hines. Oh boy. And look at what happened to him. I know. There maybe, you go. maybe he had one too many triple espresso. There you go. There you go. Uh, are we back to Ryan now? I think we are back gonna, to Ryan. I'm going to back Not off. that these stories aren't fascinating because they are. Aren't they funny? That's there. a good story. Yeah. Holding Mary Hart's chair. That is. It's not bad. Definitely. Definitely. Have you done it? I have not. Back, Who am I to judge? The back of her hair smells sweet. <laughs> Don't go sniffing Mary Hart's hair. How do you not? She smells so delicious. <laughs> she smells like a Cinnabon. <laughs> is that show still on? Can I get a, is there a chance? No, I can it's not on anymore. Yeah. Women stopped being fascinating around 1998 <laughs> as far as Ladies Home <laughs> Journal was oh, concerned. Sure. Men in Black came out. I mean, it's right. time for anything else. That's right. <laughs> So so after this, after yeah. after the Tosh thing, and that was right away, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, w- walking around, uh, be- just being in a studio, you're like, first of all, you see the show on TV, and you're immediately like, how do they make that show? So it's cool to see, you know, this is the green screen he stands in front of, and this is the audience we bring in, and how we bring them in. All that, those little things, they just make you appreciate uh, production a million times more, because you go from being the viewer to being, you know a producer in a way you're assisting producers but you're doing um all that behind the scenes stuff that that, that really makes you um uh enthusiastic about the work and and walking by like the writer's room for example that would be uh something that i looked forward to every day and kind of would like really slow down as i peeked in the room because there was you know a wall with just note cards for the entire season and you're like oh my god that's how they do it you know and there's a bunch of 30 people sitting around a table and they're all pitching ideas to tosh and you can hear him shoot stuff down you can hear him you know all that stuff you just those little sound bites you pick up on the way it just makes you want to come back to work the next day. And every time they call you, you're like, yeah, that doesn't pay that well, um, but I'm going to get to go to that studio and I'm going to learn something new. And that's the key to appreciating production assistant work. A lot of people, I think, get it and they're like, okay, I made 600 bucks last week. Um, My lower back hurts and I don't know what I got out of that. But if you go into a job like that every day and you're like, okay, yesterday I heard them talking about X and today I'm going to find out why they do Y. You know what I mean? Really? All those little quick things that you can pick up on, I think, is the key to getting the most out of that kind of work. Did you? Oh, I'm sorry. I was also going to say, um, you know, like you talk about green screen and you hear about that, but then when you see it, you're like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, just getting to see things that you've heard about, like the writer's room or them shooting in front of a green screen, just seeing that as opposed to hearing about it is kind of cool. And also, I wanted to say about how you just asked someone about if they needed a third guy over here. Yeah. Um, you need, again, not to be afraid to ask or speak, because once you get in a writer's room and you're at the position where you're pitching um, ideas to uh, Daniel Tosh, you can't be afraid to not pitch all your ideas out there, exactly. uh, whether they're going to get shot down or not. So exactly. all this stuff is uh, uh, builds, what do I want a character? Courage. Courage. Yeah. Courage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I like what you said, too, about sort of... Um, being a, getting a lay of the land and looking into the writer's room. So now you have a sense of the politics and the environment. So exactly. for somebody who's just keeping their head down and, like you said, counting their money, yeah. take a look around. What are you learning that's going right. to help you later on? Yeah, and, and don't do the same thing every day. You know, like, it, it, how can you put yourself in a situation that, you know, maybe you come up with an idea, hey, yesterday I got people to sign uh, waivers that we can put their face on television. Um, why don't we have so-and-so do that today? I'd really like to try this instead. I don't think it ever hurts to... to offer yourself for another type of job within a job because I think that shows them, oh, this guy wants to learn some stuff. Yeah, you can do it. You can do that. I never got denied, you know, from, um, can I do this today maybe? Or can I see how they do this or that kind of thing? Did you ever, did you find people that you could sort of take on as easy mentors? Did you sort of figure out, okay, who's the guy that's going to give you, you know? Yeah. Well, the guy that, um, 
that was my boss for that, the production manager. He became a guy that I could joke around with really easily and, and tell him about, you know, a comedy show I did the week, the same week and that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, you just, you, you develop those relationships. And then now he's a guy, I worked on like three episodes of that show in November, December ish. And now he's a guy that I can text every few weeks when I'm out of work and say, Hey, do you need another guy? Or, you know, and he's like, Oh, we can use you this summer. Um, so there's always that, that door is always open as long as you make those good first impressions. Great. What did yeah. you do next? Went, um, uh, took that experience on Tosh.0 and um, I, I kind of was trying to make some money at this point. So I, I, was, I signed up with an extra agency, like a ca- uh, central casting. This which was is really great. Everybody, yeah. everybody does that, I think, when they move out here. Pat, yeah, Pat did, did it. Yeah. Pat. Yes, I did. Weren't you an extra on a B-movie porn vampire well, yeah I, was, I remember we were dating and yeah, for some yeah. reason it didn't phase me at all i was just like oh well, there, but i was also work. i was also an extra on the net with sandra bullock and i got oh, to talk nice. to her did you yeah i was in a, i worked in a snow cone it was on the on the santa monica pier and i was they put me in a snow cone um what do you call it? kiosk yeah. so, so the camera's never gonna see me but um <laughs> she came, she came up and she goes hey can i get a snow cone and i said i'm sorry this is really just for the actors and she got a <laughs> kick out of that laugh she goes she goes i might know someone and i go i'll give you one but um it's, uh, it's good it's good work talk about oh, yeah. being on a well, set and being yeah. exposed mm-hmm. and i imagine it's i imagine it's better now because of the technology like when i yeah. did it 15 years ago you brought a book in a magazine and you were just like bored to tears you'd but be now, surprised oh, i mean really? i mean still bored yeah you're still i mean you have your smartphone too you know yeah you can check your on, email and but it's a lot chat. of uh, like people magazines people books yeah. bringing your own lunchables stuff yeah. like that you know like if there's the craft services and good it was kind of a weird situation being a production assistant behind the scenes and then being like an extra which is kind of like a lower than a production assistant oh, definitely mm-hmm. because you know the production assistants sometimes are wrangling the extras so it was weird to be like um, uh, in that r- in that order that I did that, you know. Um, but the the extra work, uh, my first job was Monday morning, five a.m. on the show Bones, and uh, I I don't know if the episode aired. I don't I don't watch the show. I I kind of would like to see it mm-hmm. to see if I'm in there. But um, it was it was just a long day. I met a lot of cool people from it. That's that's the biggest thing about extra work is. Um, everybody else is trying to do the same thing you're doing. You know, they're trying to be actors or writers or producers and things. Um, so everyone's pretty enthusiastic and the people that aren't are jerks and you can yeah. pick out those people so quickly. And there's just, some of those lifers too. Yeah. That just, oh they're God. always, there's a documentary on Netflix. Oh, about, that's right. Um, um, background. I Australia remember, background. I remember like people would like, they'd go, I just called my answering machine and Murphy Brown needs guys that are six foot tall that have their own tuxedos. Yeah. That's what you would. And then you'd exactly, see like the yeah. big six foot guys. Who had tuxedos all making the call to yeah. see if they could get on that show the next day? That's well, how it still works. Yeah. But but how do you how do you find, you know, you don't want to waste your time right. talking to somebody who is so is delusional, thinking like, yeah, I acted with T- Tom Cruise that, last week, like yeah. that kind of person, sure. oh, yeah. and yet you don't want to you don't want to not talk to people. Right. Um, and of course you said, um, some people just oust themselves. They're just not interested. Right. So who are the personalities that you would sort of be inclined to talk to that you thought might actually become be, you know, service networking? I love people who immediately start talking about a project, you know, mm-hmm. so anybody who brings up, Oh, you're a writer. I'm working on a thing or, Oh, you've been, you do other work. I just acted in this thing. But if, if, if as long as it doesn't sound too embellished, I'd love to hear about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'd love to go back and forth and, and, and trade that information. And, um, with that's the cool thing about smartphones and things. Now you can add that person on Facebook. You can right. make a list that says people I met through central casting. So I have a list of people that I met 
that um, now anytime I do a stand-up show, um, all those people who I told them comedian, hey, remember we met on the set? Why don't you come to my show? It's free tonight in Pasadena. And then they show up. And then That's nice. it's it's really cool that you, you're able to do that. You That's know? brilliant, actually. Yeah. Talk about networking. These are people who are used to being a paid audience sometimes, yes. right? Now you bring them over to yours. Yep. It looks like you're bringing your fan base. Hey, That's yeah, it's The more people that show up to a show, the better, you know? I always worked with the delusional extras who would, this would be the conversation. Hey, who was the best director you ever worked with? <laughs> oh and then they would go, Rob Reiner was fan. And I'm like, you didn't really work with Rob Reiner. Yeah. This you was, didn't. I, I think we I were, had that conversation with my mother yeah, last night. crazy. I worked on Arrested Development for Netflix. That oh, was a not, really cool, oh, that was like cool. a two-day awesome shoot. And the first day, this was a cool opportunity. I go out, uh, we're shooting somewhere in the suburbs, and uh, they ended up not using me. Um, but on the way to the set, I'm in a van with other extras, and somebody goes, I hope the day's not too long. And the one guy goes, oh, this director likes to get a lot of tight shots. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> no, on, that guy man. doesn't know. How does this guy know anything? Come on. And... Uh, so anyway, we get there and they ended up not being able to use me. I was in a group of like five other mm -hmm. extras. Um, and I'm standing over by the people, um, the production assistants or the, the, AD, the ADs, the mm -hmm. assistant directors. And I said, um, I heard one go, oh my God, we're going to be a PA short tomorrow huh. on, in Hollywood. I can't believe they don't have another PA. So I literally went, hey, this is a long shot, but I've done PA work on Tosh.0. Oh. I just moved out here, but I would love uh, to help you guys out tomorrow. They said, okay. And I gave them my card, which I always have on me. Always have a card on you, I think is a huge thing. Uh, and have it look decent. You know, mm -hmm. Even if it doesn't have a picture or anything on it, just have it very clear. Mm -hmm. And I just said, here's my stuff. If you need me, I'd be happy to help you out. They didn't use me as a PA, but the guy came up to me at the end of the day and said, hey man, I liked your enthusiasm. Will use you as an extra tomorrow all day Great. so i got to work i was in oh, like that's nice. i was in like 10 scenes in hollywood way funnier stuff than the night before it was great so it worked out great i like how you how you described it too I, I could help you out yeah it's not give me a job right no mm -hmm. yeah yeah it, it's i always i always try and uh like my grandmother was always really polite like that she would always say stuff like thank you very kindly <laughs> which I, I thought was like such a grandma thing to say we'd go in like um kmart and if there was something on the ground she'd pick it up and put it back on the rack and start you know i'm like Aww. grandma you have to do that and she's like no no no, I'll, I'll help out so i i always think of like her what she would do in a situation i'm like how would my grandma get this pa job right now <laughs> I walk up. Hey, here's my card. Thank you very kindly. And I walk away. <laughs> so get, yeah. so think like think like your grandma. Sure. And you'll do you'll do well in LA. Think like Millie Finn. That was her name. <laughs> oh, Millie. Millie Finn. Yeah, Millie Finn. Here's to Millie. <laughs> <laughs> so so they used you all day and then used uh, me all day the next day. I met Maria Bamford on set, who's cool. a comedian inspiration yeah. of mine. Yeah, uh, Ma she, Maria knows uh, Pat very yeah, well. We, she, Maria has heckled Pat. It's oh, yeah? a long story. <laughs> yes. Oh, we'll we go into that some in other time. Van after the whole day wrapped and I said hey I'm a comedian and you're a comedian and we started talking about work she started in Minnesota I'm like hey my first road show ever was in Duluth Minnesota she's like I played that you know it was just those quick little things and um, now I feel like next time I see her she might remember me you know that she kind of will thing. I think yeah. I really do think she will she she's seems like yeah she's nice she person. She's did such she a genuine her person voice, like she, oh really <laughs> you were in Duluth I was in Duluth <laughs> yeah. did she do that yeah, or yeah, did yeah. She, okay. no I mean whatever you're Ryan Buds <laughs> Ryan Buds he's so fat <laughs> He's got whiskers. <laughs> My mom likes whiskers. <laughs>
<laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. Look up Maria Bamford, you'll know exactly what we're talking yeah. about. Um, so a couple more quick extra things. I know this is a writing podcast, but they, they lead quickly to other things in this first six months. So so for that first month I got here, October, uh, November, worked on Tosh. Uh, November, December, everything started to wind down for the holidays, which you learn pretty quick moving out here. Mm -hmm. That's a tip I'm sure people reiterate all the time, but everything like shuts down and all the ex, literally the, the hotline you call and it's like, we're not going to have this around for three weeks. And so. it's not like normal people shut down. Like when no. you get a long weekend, it's, yeah. it's a month and a half. It's like, it's like when you were in college and mm -hmm. even longer than that, yeah. when you would get the Christmas break in college. Um, but you, yeah. And then you have to find other things to do, but it's like two weeks before Thanksgiving until January 3rd. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just crazy. Exactly. Nothing happened. Um, but the early part of uh, December, I was still getting some extra work. I got to work on um, How I Met Your Mother. Oh. And I think I, I, call, I, I might have emailed you about this because it was an interesting scenario. They needed someone, like you were just saying, Pat, mm -hmm. the tall guy in a tuxedo. They said, um, uh, we're looking for people that know how to roller skate. And I called and I said, yeah, I know how to roller skate. Do and, you? Uh, no. No, <laughs> no idea how to roller skate. I've rollerbladed, you know, as a kid. That was more like the 90s thing to do. Yeah. And uh, I've never put on a pair of roller skates. So I, I left. You have to leave voicemail. So I left a voicemail. Yeah, I can roller skate. Never thinking they'd call back. They call back the next day. Hey, do you really know how to roller skate? I'm like, of course I do. <laughs> They're like, you have your own skates. You're not just saying that. I go, yeah, I have them right now. Hang up book the gig and I'm like what am I going to do I got to go find skates I, I don't want to buy them because it doesn't pay that much but right. Right. so I ask all my neighbors to like no we don't have roller skates it's 2013 <laughs> you know, or 2012 at the time <laughs> and uh, so I had this idea um, I'm like where can I get an, uh, a pair of roller skates without buying them I'm like a roller rink so I called a roller rink in Glendale they said we'll give you skates but they have uh, you can only use them indoors they have indoor wheels I said I really need to use them outdoors they said we can put new wheels on them there's this whole scenario oh my gosh I get there they give me the new wheels for free instead of charging me they were like super excited about the story I was telling them about the gig it was uh, for how I met your mother and I get uh, I practiced all day that night I didn't fall down I went around I have like a uh, courtyard with a pool uh -huh. so I'm skating around this like, <laughs> roller rink and my wife's taking pictures of me and she's like do you want me to put on like an, uh, a song so we can slow skate you know, like, <laughs> and uh, all my neighbors are like you're such a goof and I'm going down the street asking strangers do I look like I know what I'm doing you know and uh, I, I, I was really nervous about it uh, for whatever reason and i get there the next day we literally had to skate maybe um a six foot stretch uh but it was downhill and it was like all on even ground um but it was me and two other skaters and this was like a featured extra role i was carly's friend on skates huh. and the premise was that ted is dating a girl that's such a hipster all her friends transport themselves with roller skates and um uh, I nailed it. I didn't fall down. Another guy fell down and that made me go, yes, now I don't look as dumb if I fall, you know? Um, and it worked out great. And did you it push was, him? You pushed him, I right? Yeah. yeah, I did. Did this, did this air yet? Has this been on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That aired um, a couple months back. Oh, cool. Um, but it was really cool. And they, oh, when I got there, they said, do you mind if we shave your, I have like a short beard. They said, can we shave your beard and put a big fake mustache on you? So I have a big curly hipster mustache. I do have a picture of that. <laughs> yeah. You said That's that one And it was great. And then they used a screenshot of that in the promo uh, for the Super Bowl for that episode that was airing the next day. So it was like, check out how I met your mother tomorrow. And I was, and people were like, Oh my God, I just saw you on CBS. Or, Great. Yeah. It was, it was really, really neat. And it was all because I took a risk in saying I knew how to roller skate when I didn't, but I'm like, I could figure that out in 24 hours. You know I'm, what I mean? I'm posting that picture as your Facebook that sounds uh, good. picture for that this sounds episode. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, but it was uh, just to, to teach the lesson that, um, you know, like, it was a scary thing, but it was, it definitely paid off. Cause I met people again through that, that I still talk to. Um, uh, 
I think I made a good impression with, you know, oh, I got a picture with Ted. You know, we were in, I was getting my mustache off in the, uh, the trailer when he was getting his makeup off and I got to talk to him for a minute. He said, hey man, great job on the skates and all that stuff. It was, it was all worth taking the risk for. And it was, it was something kind of dumb at first, but it was, uh, it was a cool day at work. Um, so what happened next? From that's, there, that's my only job for this podcast. <laughs> yeah. well, and, and then what? Then what? <laughs> From there, I uh, I heard about a uh, there was a, a hotline posting for people that need where had tuxedos for Parks and Recreation, which go. is like one of my favorite shows. And I only recently started watching it. I watched them all on Netflix probably like a year ago. Mm. And at the time I was watching them, I was posting on Facebook. I'm like, oh, the first season's kind of not not that great. Should I keep watching it and that kind of stuff? And people were like, it's the best. Keep watching it. I went to college with a guy named Matt O'Hare. Matt O'Hare said, hey, keep watching it. Uh, my cousin's great on it. And I had forgotten in college when the show premiered, Jim O'Hare, who plays Jerry on Parks and Rec, is cousins with my friend Matt. Oh, they're like a, a consider- perfect person to talk to. Yeah, they're yeah. like a considerable age difference, but they're first cousins. So as Matt would comment on my posts about Parks and Rec, uh, Jim would then see what Matt was posting on and then also post. So now I'm watching the show Parks and Recreation. I'm loving it, starting with season two and three and four. And uh, as I'm putting commentary on Facebook, the, one of the stars of the show is like, yeah, when we filmed that episode, this happened. Or, you know, like, oh, it was the coolest great. interaction that I've had on like a social media thing. And then did you say, Jerry, stop interrupting yeah, our yeah. conversation, Jerry. Jerry. Everybody Come tells on. him to be quiet yeah. on that show. So that was a cool thing. And then I, I uh, messaged him about some different, you know, how, in the writer's room, do the actors have a lot of, of say in any way? You know, like just specific questions about um, the process. And he goes, hey, you have a lot of questions. And at the time I was getting ready to move out. He goes, when you got to LA, just hit me up. And, uh, and we'll get coffee sometime. I'll answer anything you want to know. So when I, uh, around this time in the first six months, this is probably like three months in, uh, we, we hung out, we went to uh, a Starbucks and I'm sitting there with Jerry from Parks and Rec and he's telling me all about the show. That's Sat awesome. there for two hours. Now he's like a good buddy of mine oh, uh, out here. And he just, he's always giving me advice and he's very supportive of comedy and he's just a really good dude. And he's from Chicago, which is great. Um, I called to get uh, this gala party scene, which ended up being their wedding episode. It was a two-parter of Parks and Rec, and the voicemail was full to try and get the gig. Uh, so I called Jim O'Hare, and he goes, oh, I'll get you on tomorrow. So I got that gig on Parks <laughs> and Rec. Great. It's a three-day gig. I'm on a two-part episode. It's one of my favorite episodes of the whole thing. There's a shot of me and the entire cast uh, minus Amy Poehler, who's on stage. Um, it's just the cool... I'm like right behind. As they lined us up, there's 200 extras, and I'm right behind Ron Swanson. Cool. Uh, it was just the coolest experience. He's my favorite character on that He's show. great. He's so well-written, and uh, it was just like... It was such a cool thing that I'm glad worked out. And it was one of those things where people always say, oh, like, to make it uh, out West, you just gotta... You know, like, it, I, I don't know if you do it in your book, but in every book about advice for the business, it's like... Call, start calling, make a list of people you can call and see who might know somebody. And that was like an instance where I didn't actually do that, but it kind of fell into place. I'm like, I might have that yeah. exact advice <laughs> in my book. Yeah. Yeah. I, have, I have like the tree thing. Sure. You know? yeah. 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 And it's like, um, you know, as a guy I went to college with, we're, we're pretty good friends. We have the same sense of humor. And he happens to be cousins with the guy that happened to get this role. And he actually, Jim went out for the role of Ron Swanson when he auditioned oh, wow. for the show. Uh, so that could have been a totally different dynamic. You know, like everything mm-hmm. fell into place and it's just, uh, it's worth trying everything and worth prodding for all that information. Did you notice when you were on Parks and Rec, um, was that one of those shows where the, the, 
the writer's room is active at the same time as the show. This was something that was really cool um, writing-wise. I, I started going, hey, who's that guy? And who's that guy? And asking different people. And, and mostly I'd ask Jim. And um, uh, the writer on that show, and I don't think it's on every show, was there with the script and with headphones watching every shot and would give little notes and, and commentary to the actors, to the, the director, all different things. He was very involved in the process. And in my head, for most shows, I'm like, yeah, it's people in a writer's room, they write it, and then they're kinda, you know, they don't, they don't get to see it through. They just kinda, that's their writers, they're not directors. Um, and right. it was cool to see that you get to do that, at least on that show. Um, so that was amazing. That was really cool. Um, did anything change as, let's say they did a shot and then the the person, the writer with the headset basically said, no, that, that line doesn't work. Try this one. Did that ever happen? I was never really close enough to hear exactly what they would change, but they do these great things called fun runs on mm -hmm. Parks and Rec where they do like, they do it, you know, five or six times the right way. And then they're like fun run and like, it goes crazy. And it, it would, it would, it, it was, it was just all the actors and all the improv backgrounds. And it's like the funniest it's ri so ridiculously funny, but it doesn't really make sense. You're like, maybe they could use a section of that, but I think they end up not using that most of the time. But it was really cool to that's, be a part of that. That's just a DVD extra yeah, stuff, probably. Exactly. But I think it's so important. Like, let's say that you're doing an independent movie, right? Mm -hmm. And you're you're really locked into your own script. Yeah. Okay. And then you said to to the actors, "Let's do a fun run." You know the script so well. Yeah. You really could get some gems. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. And you could just cut it in, or sure. you know, it could just be a look, yeah. or just a moment that they come up with. Instead right. of being so so rigid about the script, yeah, neat. That um, I met a PA through Jim and being on that set named Dan Beals, mm -hmm. who has worked on every major blockbuster of like the last ten years as a production assistant. He started a production company called Back to One Films and needed a waiter uh, for a scene in a movie called uh, a short film called Artistic License. And we became friends. He asked me to do that. I PA'd a little bit on it too. And it just premiered. It was on the front page of Funny or Die the other day. Wow. So through that, I got this Funny or Die opportunity, which is really cool. And I don't have any lines in it, but it's like the waiter part. It has some really funny, quick, um, images you know in the in the short so that was really cool um so that was just a case of it leading and now that's a guy that if he uses another short maybe i can get in it and maybe i'll be the star of the next short or maybe i'll help him write another short you know but the production quality was higher than anything i've ever done um they used red cams and all that stuff so it was just it was really cool and um that all never would have happened if i didn't go to college with that one guy you know what i mean now i don't know if this is if interrupting sort of the the, the flow of the six months as sure. you're telling it yeah but also somewhere in there you know i got an email from you saying hey look I, i'm i have my own uh video podcast yeah. about movies yeah when did you start that and was that running at the same time it, i started that um towards the end of 2012 it was called movies with buds i unfortunately don't have the time to still do it so it's i made hard, isn't it? it really is to make something like really good to come out every week you have to make like 10 at once and then just put them out and also it was video, it was video and it had it was sort of a lot of setup cool, yeah and um wasn't it didn't really get the reception i wanted to you know it, you're like okay this didn't get <laughs> i put a lot of work into this and i'm not getting the thousands of hits i imagine but it it can be crushing sometimes but you just have to kind of go okay well my next thing's going to be that much better based on everything i learned how to do for that video and i can imagine too that 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 would also serve as video footage of you showing how you can host a show come exactly, up with yeah. content that was the know, biggest thing yeah do I, like a, a tosh sure yeah kind and, of show. and that honestly working on tosh made me go like i feel like I could do something like this, but about movies specifically, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, 
yeah, the, it, it was definitely something to showcase that I could be a talking head on a show on VH1 or something or to um, my hosting skills, my quick um, uh, being able to write my own jokes, that kind of stuff, you know. So even if it didn't get the hits, I can use that as like real footage to, to kind of show somebody and it looks decent. Cool. Yeah. And then um, what happened? <laughs> and can people um, still see the ones that you did do? Because I saw yeah. I watched oh, them yeah, and definitely. they were funny. Yeah. If you go to RyanBuds.com, I have them right on the main page there. Cool. Okay, um, cool. Uh, so I am, uh, in a way represented, I guess not represented. She's my manager. Um, this woman, Sharon Palmer and her daughter's Kiki Palmer, who I think I talked about this the last time I was on your podcast. Um, she was on the show, true Jackson VP. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a script for her with a buddy of mine. And, um, uh, her mom is, is pretty much was her manager from when she was a kid till when she was 18. So now that Kiki's 18, she kind of manages her own career and her mom's looking for more clients to kind of do that for. Her. So when I moved out here, uh, she kind of took me on and she's got me some auditions and some really cool stuff. Um, she hit me up around January and said, Hey, uh, Kiki's going to star on this pilot. It's like a, a, a short film, kind of like an oxygen network type pilot. And it was called curdled about, uh, moms in their forties and fifties who are having babies late in their life. And, um, she played the daughter of one of the, the women and she goes, they need production assistance. Do you want to do it? So I worked on this thing for three days, 12 to 15 hour days. I made $25 a day. It was oh like almost God. like not it was almost like doing it for free after gas and stuff. Right. And I got a parking ticket that oh. was a hundred dollars. So I lost money oh, no. um, in the neighborhood we filmed. So it was, it was one of those things where I'm like, why am I even doing this? But that led to um, a relationship with an AD from that who actually stormed out on the production and was like, uh, I'm done with this. I have better things to do. Uh, but I was always friendly with her. She hits, hit, started hitting me up saying, Hey, I have uh, I have this job. Can you do this job? Um, and then it was stuff I couldn't do. But my current job right now is through that um, through that relationship, and I work on um, Minute to Win It, which is a game show yeah. for a Game Show Network, which was originally on NBC with Guy Fieri, and now is on Game Show Network uh, this summer with Apollo Ono as the host. And what do you do on Minute to Win It? I'm the key PA, so slowly I'm moving up. Uh, I'm in charge of all the other production assistants, and. Um, and just do slightly uh, more desk work, I would say, than mm -hmm. um, like physical stuff. Um, but it's really cool. We work, it's a six week job and it pays pretty well. It's long days, but it's really cool to see how a game show comes together. And it's, I feel like I'm doing a little bit of everything um, because, oh, I skipped a part. I worked on a, uh, I did a stand-up contest at Flappers in Burbank. Uh -huh. And one of the, uh, the prizes for the contest was to uh, get a walk-on role in an Asylum movie. Asylum is like a B horror movie company. Um, they make like 18 movies a year. They all cost, they're very low budget, but they make huge money overseas and on Redbox and Netflix and stuff. Um, the movie I got to work on was called Sharknado, <laughs> which is about a tornado of sharks, uh, which could totally happen, Pat. So watch out. No, I've seen it. If you lost your cousin in a I saw it in didn't you? college one night after we were shotgunning beers. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I saw it. I swear I saw a shark. <laughs> and it's a, I hear there's a shark attack survivor in it. Yes. Not a former no. shark attack a survivor no, not, not as, a, as a small aside <laughs> small aside i just want to say that i received a couple of letters about the winner of the log line contest <laughs> and it turned out that mr grammar matt belknap missed something now i say he missed something because we know i'm not ms grammar he's mr grammar right, right. i blame matt and well, yeah because uh, men are always uh, leading women around that's right <laughs> that's right so and this was a log line in in which uh, the main character was described as a former shark attack survivor and people wrote and said can't be former shark attack it's shark attack survivor not 
performer. So I just want to apologize. I'm sorry. Although it was still a really good block line. Back to you, Ryan. Okay. So you were on Sharknado. <laughs> so I'm working on Sharknado. So I, how I got working on that, I walked across the street uh, in downtown Burbank from the comedy club Flappers after I won uh, the next day. And I walked to uh, Asylum, which is right across the street. And I said, hey, I won this comedy contest um, across the street. And uh, I get a walk-on role in, in some movie. And they said, we don't know anything about some contest, but uh, we'll, we'll put you in a movie. And I said, I have like a, I have like a cert. Yeah, I said, I have like a certificate. He goes, I don't, I don't care about some certificate. And I was like, okay. So I said, uh, what will it be? And they said, we'll, we'll kill you off in something real good. It'll be great. We'll kill you off. And awesome. I said, oh, that'd be great. Um, and I go, hey, by the way, do you guys ever need any PAs? I'm looking for experience. I would love to see how a horror movies made. And he said, you're hired. So I got a job uh, for 18 days. He goes, we could totally use another That's PA. How and, many films uh, did they shoot in 18 days? Seven? <laughs> they, Seven shoot, they honestly shoot three a month. Like crazy. almost that three months. So and um, yeah, this one was an 18 day shoot. I was all over LA. So that also got me driving to places I'd never been to before, really at all hours of the day. And um, that one was all over the place. And it wasn't, it's obviously not like a great movie because it's, like it's like a B horror movie. Right. It starred Ian Ziering from 90210 and Tara Reid. Mm. So I got to hang out with those people every day. The dad from I Home bet Alone, Terry, John Hurt. It's a lot of fun to hang out. The dad yeah, from Home Alone. The dad yeah. from Home Alone. He was there, um, and it was uh, it was really cool. It was um, it was neat. And on one of the specific days, I had, I got to take a break from being a PA and get killed in a beach scene it's where they put like three hours of makeup on my leg to make it look like a shark had bitten my leg off up to the knee, and then they put my leg into the sand. So and it put blood all around it. So it looks like me wiggling a stump, and I'm just it's screaming. Great. That's there's awesome. People running around, and there's all these CGI sharks. They're gonna add. So it's it's uh, they're literally jumping out of the water onto the beach to and eat you people. You're acting. You're screaming. Just screaming my, my brains out. And it'll be on Sci-Fi Channel in August. Oh my it's god. It's like a big Sci-Fi Channel movie premiere at the end of summer. That's so crazy. So that'll be really cool. In your in your in your search to become a writer out yes. in LA, it kind of looks like you might also be turning into an actor. Sure, yeah. You're and all I, right with I that, start, right? I, well, that's what I started way before I even did stand-up or any writing of any kind, really. I was um, acting in high school plays and um, speech teams, stuff like that. So it's I, I love doing it. I just never felt like it was my biggest strength. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but what's great is now if you write a project for yourself, you'll have a resume of acting to back that up. Yeah, you know, exactly. You'll be able to say, they'll, get, they'll be able to say, well, yeah, I guess maybe he could start in his own thing because he's done a lot of action. Sure, yeah. We could yeah. cut this guy's leg off right. again. Sure. <laughs> he screamed pretty good that first time. Excellent. Yeah. Every week we cut something off. <laughs> yeah. Now, you mentioned that you had, you, you had sort of developed a list of tips based on some of these experiences. Yeah. Um, it, what, tell, tell people a couple tips. If I, mentioned, I mentioned one earlier about always trying to get something different out of the same work. And mm -hmm. I think that's super important. So if you're going to be a PA every day and it's the same job, figure out what you uh, can, can get out of that, who you can talk to that you didn't talk to, who you can do a favor for that you didn't do the, the day before and, and embrace that. And it, it, like, it, the same, it goes for any job. You know what I mean? Like if, if you don't want to sit in the same office for the rest of your life, you need to get out into those other offices and see how those people got in there. Um, so I, I think I would, I would totally, uh, recommend that people do that. And if you're doing extra work, find the people that are serious about not being extras. The people that are serious about eating extras, are the ones you should stay away from. Um, when I worked on Sharknado as a PA, this guy came up to me and th this was, again, this is another strange dynamic where I'm an extra and I'm a PA and now I'm an extra and now I'm a PA. <laughs> so I was, uh, on that, 
on that production, it, it was very low budget. So they would have me do jobs that were way above uh, uh, and beyond what a PA would do, but it was great because I got to learn how to do a lot of AD uh, assistant directing stuff. So the the um, first AD would say, Ryan, I need you to wrangle up all 60 of the extras and have them run up and down Santa Monica Pier away from these CGI sharks that we're going to animate diving onto the pier. So now I'm in control of these 60 people, uh, and, and I'm, okay, you guys go this direction, you go that way, and all that, so on and so forth. So it was cool to learn that and to have that authority all of a sudden. It just made me go like, I could do this too. You know what it's I mean? kind of directing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, 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 I mean, it's, you know, the background, but it's still, uh, it, it was still very, uh, very cool to take that on. And um, this, this guy came up to me um, and he goes, hey man, uh, one of the extras, he goes, uh, I have my swimsuit in my trunk. I'll put it on for a bump. That was, that was, and I, 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 I just wanted to like slap the guy. Like, what? What, what, what does that even mean? I got my swimsuit in my trunk. I'll put it on for some extra money. And I just, I just walked away from the guy. No, we don't need, you know what I mean? But that's the, those are the kind of people you stay away from. That's right. what I'm getting at. Um, find the people, embrace the people that are uh, serious about um, other projects and, and seem like they're not delusional, like Pat mentioned. Yes. And they have some merit to what they're talking about. Um, I uh, I would say this. This is something I wanted to talk about. Um, you bringing me on the second time. I have no idea what I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, and I think a lot of people. Um, you know, the first time I was on this podcast, I you know I got through it. I thought it was fun, but I, and, and I, I thought I made good points, but. I don't think anybody knows what they're doing. I think you know what you're doing because you teach, you oh, teach no. so much about uh, it. And every week on, on this it. podcast, people know that I am I am <laughs> still trying to figure out how to do this podcast. Right. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. You, you know, I asked my mom once, who's a Harvard-educated attorney, yeah. right? When do you stop faking it? And yeah. she was like, "We, you never stop faking it. <laughs> because there's always, you may have an authority on something, but sure. there's always a little new discovery. Exactly. And you've got to sort of push through it. Right. And then you learn. Yeah. Right. If you just act like you know what you're doing, then everybody thinks that you do. And eventually yeah. you do know what you're doing, yeah. but yeah. then there's something else you don't know. Eventually you'll fill the shoes. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think that's super important for people. Um, I'm somebody that always... Uh, unfortunately compares myself to other people. I'm like, okay, that, that guy's been doing this for a little bit longer. And this guy's been, um, getting the, he, this guy was on the tonight show and how, how come I, how come I haven't done that? And what can I do to get that? And you really need to stay away from that. And I really, and my wife is the number one person to get me off of that track. Um, but I think it's important that for writers out there to know that nobody knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And until you dive in and just start trying to make things happen for yourself, you're never going to know and, and, and something will finally land and all these dumb little extra jobs that, you know, some of them suck, some of them were great. They led to all these other things that now I have this, this great six week job on this game show, uh, from this woman that I met on a thing that I happened to, it's all that, you know, that tree that you were talking about. Do you think that you might want to write for, or for a game show? This was what was really cool that happened the other day. Um, I, I, my writer, uh, my office is right next to the writers on the game show, which there's three of them and they're called script consultants, which mm-hmm. is pretty much the same thing, but because it's, I think non-union, they can't say writer. Is that right? Right. right. Yeah. right. Um, so, um, Brett Calvert is one of the writers who is really good friends with Murray. Murray's going to be in his wedding in a few months. So that's another crazy thing. There so the last time I was on this podcast, Murray Valeriano, who has another great podcast called road stories was on and I met him and you said, you should become friends with Murray. And I did. <laughs> and now I'm friends with another guy who has worked with Murray on writing for tons of Bill Engvall clip shows and blue collar stuff. And so now, uh, that's a new relationship. And you know, like the other day after work, he's like, Hey Ryan, come on after you're done, we're all going to get a beer. And that's one of those things where you're like, I'm getting that beer. Even if I don't want a beer, 
or if I'm tired, I'm going to get a beer because I'm going to hang out with these people in a setting that's not the same work thing where I'm below them. Mm -hmm. And not that I feel like I'm below anybody there, but it's, you know, it's, there is a hierarchy in any job. Sure. Um, so working the bar, you're all even, Steven. you're all even Stevens and you're all having the same beers. Right. So it works out great. Um, this was something really cool that happened the other day. Um, the host of the show, uh, before every game starts, he says, you got a minute to win it. Every second counts. That I don't know if they did that on the Guy Fieri version, but every second counts has become the catchphrase of the show. So I had this idea um, that the audience chants every second counts, just maybe once or twice, so they have that sound bite to throw at the end of a commercial or anything. It just popped in my head. I'm like, that would be great. So I got the balls to go up to the executive producer, who I don't talk to, but I get stuff for sometimes. I said, hey, Michael. I said, I have this great idea for a soundbite. He goes, what is it? And I said, what if you know that happened? And the audience said, every second counts after the host goes, uh, you got a minute to win it. He goes, I love it. Go tell the warm-up guy. So I go tell the warm-up guy. The warm-up guy goes, uh, I'll see what I could do. I don't know, kid. I leave on a. I leave on a. I don't errand. know. I want to throw out some Jolly Ranchers and T-shirts. <laughs> so I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. This is my show. <laughs> I leave for an errand to go pick up something. I come back an hour later. As I walk in the studio, you got a minute to win it, and every second counts. They say it every day on the show now. It's become the thing that they say. Every time he says it, the audience in unison says it almost organically. I don't think he even has to tell them to do that every day. That's great. And That's it's awesome. the coolest thing. Because um, now every time I watch that show or I tell people to watch that show, I'd be like, I didn't write the line, but I came up with a scenario in which that it sounds the coolest. I and think. that executive producer has got to be taking notes. Well, the next, yeah, the next day he goes, uh, hey, what do you got for me today? GSN wants to know. We need something big. And I said, uh, I'm, I got something brewing. He goes, I'm just kidding. But if, if you think of something, let me know. <laughs> do, you think, and, do you think executive producer, what do you got for me today? Well, I've got a, I've got a pitch for a new show. Can yeah, I, I got I an idea a for a game show called Trivia with Buds where I host trivia and comedians come up and do jokes about the questions. Oh, that's actually pretty you good. Know? Yeah. That was that was good. Right? Did you just come up with that? <laughs> I host trivia at bars every Monday night in ah. Covina and uh, I've been doing it for years in Chicago and uh, I think it would be a great game show so that's something that if I get a chance to talk to him about can, or he can listens people to come this see podcast you? people can see Covina? me every Monday night it's 10 to midnight which is hard to do when I have to wake up at 6am for this job uh, but yeah you can see me it's free to play uh, you get a $25 bar tab if you win uh, and you can have oh, some I'm beers there. Yeah, I'm there. and yeah. it's uh, Covina Covina it? California so okay. it's yeah it's a little <laughs> further inland but uh, I'm trying to get some more started when I get some more free time um, around you know Hollywood proper so it's uh, it's fun to do a lot of things. You know, this actually, it's funny. You're talking to the right people because yeah. both Pat and I, when we first came out here, we came out here separately. I'd been out here like four years when you met me. I think so. Yeah? Maybe I think longer. Two. I think two. I got no. out here in 95. No, I'd been out here like six years, honey. You I got came here in 89? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's I did. crazy I talk. know. But anyway, so so we had both come out here. You're and much older than me, though. No, so that I would be imagine that you'd be out here. Don't say that. That is not true. And, I, and we'd, we'd all done... Like I'd done so many crazy jobs that when I met Pat, who was a Universal Studios tour guide God, yeah. and did kids parties and, and yeah, did extra work, work, I was like, sounds like somebody I should marry. Like it yeah. never even yeah. occurred to me. For me, when I first came out, my father, I stayed with my dad um, and probably the, the one good thing that he would do would be he'd wake me up and go, what are you doing today? Like yeah. he wouldn't even say good morning. What are you doing? Yeah. And so I always felt like I needed to answer something. Like sure, uh, get a job, <laughs> be, uh, get in play, buy a car, you know, yeah. get a boy. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> so uh, so I immediately started doing what you did, yeah. and I used to do children's theater in in Boston, educational children's theater sure. as an actor. Sure. 
So I came out here and that's immediately what I did is I auditioned for something and I get the script and it's completely in Spanish yeah. because they assumed that I spoke Spanish. <laughs> so I had no idea what this said or how to say it, but I needed the gig. Yeah. So they were like, oh, you speak Spanish, right? I was like, ah, absolutely. Si. So I, I got my friend Craig Fernandez, who's been on the show a couple of times, to sure. tell me what the hell that actually said and how to say it. Yeah. And I would go from school to school teaching, actually doing this whole show on water conservation. Yeah. An Espanol. Wow. So yeah. So talk about like coming out yeah. and like faking it. It was the that's, same exact thing. That's I, harder than roller skating. I, yeah. I thought. <laughs> I thought that's. You know, it never. And you don't blink. You're like, I need a gig. Yeah. This is what I do. And, yeah. and it, you know, it led to other things. Fortunately, and, my wife had a job when we moved out here, but. I'm one of the, you know, I'm like, okay, I need to pull my weight because our rent is way higher than it was in Chicago yeah. land. You know what I mean? Um, so I need to figure this out. And one of my biggest things was maybe I'll host trivia bars when I first move out here. And then all the bars in my neighborhood already have trivia hosts and huge trivia companies that, that populate these bars. So I'm like, what do I do? And, uh, I did a comedy show at this club called, or this bar called the Chatterbox in Covina. I really love the setting. I talked to the guy who ran the comedy show. Would they ever do trivia here? He goes, talk to the owner. And I got the gig. Um, so I do that every Monday night, 10 to midnight. So it's kind of late, but it's fun. And, um, it gets my crowd work skills always fresh. So if I don't get to do like a proper set, cause I'm so busy with working on this game show, for example, at least every Monday night, I'm doing almost two hours of pretty much crowd work with, um, people at a bar, which is kind of like a show, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, you just, you have to find, op you have to find ways to, uh, to showcase your talents in, and, and you have to think, it's so stupid, think outside the box. You have to find different ways to do it. And especially when you go to a place you've never been before, like Hollywood, you know what I mean? It's not the same as Chicago, even though, um, you know, they're both huge cities, but. It sounds like you're, like you're a guy who doesn't yeah. say no a lot either. No, I, I, I really wouldn't. You, what was that, uh, that softcore vampire film you did? Pat? Yeah. I, I probably would have done that too. You know well, what I mean? That's but just once. No I do everything once. Like, I, I don't know if I would work on a Sharknado type movie again. Right. Um, You've done they, it. Yeah. And they called me to work on a zombie movie. Um, oh, and then I got the Game Show Network boy, thing. And I said, sorry, boy. guys, I can't do it. But I got somebody else the gig. Just so. so people know how I was raised, if uh, someone said to my mom, you have to think out of the box, my mom would say, what box? <laughs> <laughs> so just so you know. <laughs> that is That's, true. yeah. That's how I but was you raised. Know, when we talk about coming to LA so many people think okay well there's this trajectory right there's a, mm -hmm. there are these things you have to do right. and it's not like normal work it's yeah. not writing work is not normal yeah. all the whole business of show is all make believe and making it up right so and also the way that we're telling stories now because there's so many different platforms and mediums mm -hmm. some of it doesn't look normal so when you're saying yes to a game show yeah. like I mean, or when offered a game show, don't turn your nose up. Don't turn your nose up at a reality show. Exactly. Don't turn your nose up at at being on a show because you could find out that you're improving at the same time. All these things really can connect. Definitely. And in six months, I couldn't stress that more because um, this huge list of stuff I just rattled off has little to do with writing on the surface. But like you just said, all of a sudden, because of all these things I've done, I'm in this situation where I'm on a game show right next to a writer's office, making friends with a writer who could potentially get me my next job, which could be assistant to the writer or maybe even writer in, in some way. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so I'm grateful for all that. And um, yeah, it's you just have to take 
opportunities. And if you don't have opportunities, you have to make them for yourself. Well, um, Ryan is going to be updating us on his opportunities on a regular basis because he is going to be a new producer for On the Page. Very excited about it. I just wait, learned wait, how wait, to turn wait, on. Am I out? The, uh, You're totally out. I'm done? Sorry. Okay, no, well. no you'll, still, you'll still be coming in oh, and okay. slumming it every once in a while. <laughs> but um, when Ryan was in my class in Chicago, I was very impressed with him as a person. He came out here. Immediately it was like, you know, can I meet with you? You know, I love the podcast, all those kind of things. And, uh, and that's, I'm one of those people, like, if you, if you take the time to try and connect, who am I to say no? I may not always have the time, but once I actually meet with you, you know, why not? There's sure. ambition and, and politeness, you know, and it was, <laughs> yeah. it was great. Yeah, so, I haven't seen her all week, and I said, hey, I'd like to produce the podcast Saturday. She goes, okay, I'll see you Saturday at the office. Yeah, that's not exactly <laughs> how it happened. I went, no. don't, don't forget, you're supposed to, I totally was a total harpy <laughs> about it, actually, yeah. But uh, you'll get your opportunity someday, honey. But, <laughs> but anyway, so anyway, Ryan's going to be a, a producer on, on the show. And welcome to it, Ryan. And um, I want to uh, say thank you to some people who actually donated to the show. Um, because they will be paying you, Ryan. <laughs> so uh, we've got Michael Scott, who sent a donation of $25. Thank from you, Dunder Michael. Mifflin? No, oh, not boy. from Dunder no? Mifflin. No, don't think I don't make that joke all the time. <laughs> well, and yet he still you, donates I money. Know. Very, very nice of him. Um, Lon Thomas sent $25, and he sent $25 in December. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, money bags. That's nice. I love that. Dwight Shoot uh, sent $10. <laughs> Fake check. <laughs> <laughs> Not real. It was a rubber check, and it actually bounced. Um, John Tabingo, uh, he donated $10. Thank you so much, John. And then... Eric Chandonnet, not to be confused with Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Eric Chandonnet, um, he donated $20. So thank you so much, everybody. I really appreciate it. If you want to donate to On the Page, because we got to pay our talented producers, well, not Pat, but um, <laughs> but Ryan. I, I do it for free. Because <laughs> I love it. David Bags. Um, go to onthepage.tv, scroll down to the podcast page. It'll bring you to the real podcast page where there will be a donation site. And that podcast page is being revamped. Finally. I've been promising it forever. But it's being revamped so that you can really get the archives of the episodes and stuff like that. And, and if, if you don't feel like donating, buy Pilar's book, The Aww, Coffee Break so Screenwriter, which I use every time I sit down to write any new idea. Thank because you. it's really... You put your coffee on it. Yeah, you put your coffee, coffee on it. And you have that right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's great for just uh, getting your mind going, especially if you only have the 10 minutes at a time. I... Uh, sit in my. I have it in my car all the time, and there's all these little post-it notes in it. And every time I have a second in my car on a lunch break or something, I flip it open and I see where I'm at. And it just gets your mind. Even if you don't have time to write all the time, it just gets your mind brewing those ideas and 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 finding a way to make your story that's in your head better. Thank you. Yeah. So She's buy that cry. book. It's really good. I'm not gonna cry. I need Almost. you to sign my copy, by the way. I will. Yeah. I will. And uh, don't what, quit your day job. What? <laughs> what do you What do you have coming up? I have world, world traveler. So speaking of Coffee Break Screenwriter, first of all, Coffee Break Screenwriter is finally on a webinar. Everybody's been saying like, hey, what do you got online? And this is going to be a live streaming webinar. Very cool. Because I... Um, Oh, everybody's just going to have to see me warts and all. So it's going to be April 13th, Saturday at 10 a.m. It is only $45 to get the $100 
class that I normally teach live. This is going to be me giving you all the tools right online. So um, sign up, go to onthepage.tv and look for the webinar. Also, if you're in Seattle, if you're a Seattle writer, please come to the Pitch Masterclass. April 10th is from 6.30 to 9.30, and it's through the film school, but you can also go to my website and sign up for it there on thepage.tv. I would love to see you guys, and it's really affordable, and it's not just about pitching your project. It's about pitching you. It's about finding the main conceits of your project, so you can actually use it toward outlining as well. Also, if you want to be locked up in a hotel for two days and made to write your script. Doesn't that sound awesome? It sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. In the hotel where The Shining was filmed. That's even better. In Colorado. This is going to be April 24th through April 26th. It is put on by the Pitch Fest folks, and they throw an awesome party. So you go to pitchfest.com and sign up for it there. And I'm going to be teaching the first day. And basically, like it'll be like, here, we're going to do the outline and I'm going to send you off to write. It's like, okay, let's work on some scene stuff and I'm going to send you off to write. And it's just going to be like a whole, just just a marathon. And I heard they're going to have a kid on a big wheel just going around they every are. floor. A couple twins are going to show oh, up, boy. right? And then the second day you're going to be lost out in the maze. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm so, so scared. It was the scariest book. I read it when I was 12 years old. Have you been to so the hotel scared. before? I've never been to the hotel. Oh boy. My brother and has. He said it's very spooky. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be crying. Come to watch me cry. Red Go to pitchfest.com. Red rum. Also, if you guys are Irish, please forgive me for the bad Irish accent in the logline episode because I'm actually coming to Dublin and to Belfast. Go to, um, I can't read my own writing, darn it. But anyway, it's Dublin and Belfast. <laughs> Email me. Will you bring me home some Lucky Charms? Yes. No, I'm not doing it. I'm okay. not going to that accent. Don't make me. <laughs> All right. Because really, they can take a joke once, but the second time, they're just going to stone me when I show up. And that is April 16th in Dublin and April 18th in Belfast. Are you bringing Bell Knapp to Belfast? No, I'm not bringing Bell Knapp to oh, Belfast. The accent master. <laughs> The Logline episode, even if you don't listen to the Loglines, is gold just for the accents. Oh, God. They just get worse every year. Every year. And somebody's really going to take offense one of these days. That's it's, true. Yeah, definitely. If And, of course, you got your lovely Jew joke in there, too, so I appreciate that. So now everybody, I'm, I'm married. Those. I live with Jews. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to forward all the letters to you. Well, fine. I want to thank you so much, Ryan, for being here. You were awesome. Thanks for having me. You guys can see me at the Comedy Shrine in Aurora, oh, uh, cool. headlining, doing uh, some comedy on June 14th and 15th, and I'll be in Chattanooga at the Vaudeville Comedy Cafe on June 28th and 29th. With this in California? Uh, no. That okay. would be, Chattanooga uh, would be Aurora, Illinois, and Chattanooga, Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> Uh, but you can check you know, Chattanooga, California yeah, Everybody of knows that Yeah, sure. um, RyanBuds.com has all my, my dates and stuff If anybody wants to come see me live Oh yes Yeah Go to RyanBuds.com It's also a really good website It's just got a oh, catch-all for all of your stuff and Yeah Yeah I'm, Oh and I'm the last of it. Last Saturday every month At a place called Jake's in Pasadena I host a show That I'm going to right after this Oh my um, god So check that out It's a, a really cool basement bar With a pool hall Kind of a feel to it There's a lot of pool tables But over in the corner We have this awesome stage And they uh we put on a great comedy show. So check that out. You know what I like about you, Ryan, is that you don't sleep. I was going to uh, say that. He it, never sleeps. No, he came out here and he just, I have never seen anybody hit the ground running like no, this. You it's crazy. Just, good luck Thanks, to guys. you. You still look fresh as a daisy. Yes. Thanks very much. Thank you, Pat, for hosting. You're welcome. And everybody out there, have a good writing week.